Hello, um, I'm Juliet, and we're here today for local residents in the Florence Park area of Oxford to introduce you to our project of decolonizing those local street names bearing the names of military men with brutal histories in the British colonies. Our approach to decolonizing this frequently unnoticed part of Oxford's relation with empire is not to rename them, since this would upset many who've lived in the neighborhood for years. Rather, we wish to raise awareness about the men and colonial history embedded in their names and contrast this with the real ongoing history of our area. We also hope to inspire more locals to develop and take forward this project in different ways. As a first step to achieving this, we plan to place local history community boards in different streets, presenting these contrasting historical perspectives. Hi. I'm Jay. I have a long-term critical interest in inequality and its colonial and imperialist underpinnings. My research into the men behind road names such as Cornwallis Road, Lytton Road, Outram Road, Clive Road, Havelock Road and Lawrence Road revealed they were all employees of the notorious East India Company. The East India Company was the first private company to conquer a nation and use its tax revenues and military might to enrich itself and its shareholders while impoverishing its subjects. It was also the world's largest opium trader, starting the opium wars in China where it seized Hong Kong and submitted China to decades of decline. When it was created at the turn of the 17th century, China and India were the predominant international superpowers. By the time it was dissolved by the British government, after one too many atrocities, and after having been bailed out by the state as the first too big to fail business, Britain was the global superpower, with the largest empire the world has ever seen. Now on to the individuals our streets are named after, all of whom were key players in British rule in India, during which 35 million people died from war and famine alone. Hi, I'm Caroline and I've lived in Florence Park for many years. I'm now standing on the junction of Cornwallis and Campbell Roads. Cornwallis Road was named after Charles Cornwallis. As Governor-General and Commander-in-Chief of India in 1786, he took some positive steps, for example, demanding better behaviour from East India Company officials who had fathered numerous children with Indian so-called dancing girls. But more significantly, he enacted racist policy that forbade natives from holding high office in the company and the offspring of Anglo-Indian Union couples holding any office. He also enacted land tax reform, which led to the enrichment of the company and the ruin of peasant farmers. Colin Campbell, after whom Campbell Road was named, commanded the first opium war, which drained China of wealth while creating many opium addicts. He was the commander-in-chief during the Indian Rebellion, which saw 6,000 European casualties and killed 800,000 Indians, possibly more in battles and subsequent famines and epidemics. Not far away is Lytton Road, named after Robert Bulwer Lytton, who was Viceroy of India from 1876 to 1880. His reputation was one of ruthlessness in both domestic and foreign affairs, and his handling of the Great Famine in 1876 to 1880, in which millions died, was controversial. Hi, I'm Judith from Campbell Road. Despite the connotations of the street names, the actual history of Florence Park began in the 1930s when it was built on marshland, with some houses completed in as little as three weeks 
pretty terrible housing conditions resulted. The estate was built by Fred Moss, who named the park after his sister Florence. Our streets were once dubbed Little Wales, after the Welsh miners who lived here. Facing job losses and grinding poverty in the economic crash of 1929, they had walked all the way to Oxford to take up jobs at the expanding Cowley car plant. For this, they first faced discrimination from local people who saw them as undercutting their own prospects. But when all the residents pulled together to organise a rent strike in 1934 to protest against the state of housing, things improved a bit. This solidarity eventually led to improvements in the lovely houses we live in today. The original residents also left as valuable remnants of their home culture, such as the Welsh male voice choir that still sings. The Cowley Baptist and Congregational Churches, which were established with a friendly welcome for the migrant community, are still here too. These achievements are surely an example of how we can all benefit from diversity today. We feel it is important to publicise our research because we want to involve our neighbours in a discussion of what the area and its history means to them. Importantly, through a better understanding of our past, we can work together to create a community with a history we can all be proud of, whatever our diverse backgrounds.